This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. One that everybody wants me. All right, everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the SmackDown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I'm one of the hosts here on the show, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter. At Michael Five Ritter and on Instagram at Michael Ritter Five, and also the host of the Football Function podcast, available on all of your podcasting platforms, including Patreon or Patreon. Sorry, and you can also follow the show on Instagram at Football underscore Function. But anyway, joining me on today's episode, my humble co-host John Carrasco. John, how you doing, bud? I am doing pretty good, man. I'm you know just kind of getting out of the feels of work and everything, and starting to relax. So, I mean, definitely enjoying what we got to see and everything like that. So, yeah, definitely excited to break that down. Yeah, this was an episode, right? This was one of those shows that definitely left us no shortage of things to talk about. Clearly, the big headline of the show was Michael Cole basically addressing the whole Sasha Banks thing. And I know that we usually go in chronological order here whenever we break down SmackDown, but I feel like this one's worthy enough that we get to it right here at the top of the show. And it doesn't matter, I guess, how long it takes to talk about it. I do feel like it's worthy to... uh to get it out here early. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm kind of excited that you're kind of starting it right now because I was, you know, kind of, woo But, I mean, now that we can kind of talk about it, I don't know, man. It's kind of, I mean, I'm going to start with my opinion. You know, you kind of bounce back. But I, I kind of feel like it's starting to kind of, like, play into a story now just because it was, it it it, it was so broadcasted live. You know, they told us that, you know, Michael Cody, I mean, it kind of seemed like he was, like, listening and talking at the same time, you know? So, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking there's, like, something behind this. See, I want to believe that. As much as I do, I want to believe that it's a work. But I don't think it is, man. I just think, I mean, there's been too many credible sources who have no reason to lie. Uh, Too many people have reported this being real. And I do think there is some... um, some you know where there's smoke there's fire you know in that Mm -hmm. sense i guess you could say but man it's it's crazy because i mean obviously people have been talking about this all week you know people have been mentioning you know their opinion on it they've been saying well let's speculate from you know this perspective or let's bring up this hypothetical situation who knows if it's true or not right but see me i'm looking at it from a sense like wwe is kind of like the reason why they broadcasted it is a way to kind of save their ass you know a way to kind of say hey i know we advertised this six-pack challenge with these women and apparently sasha banks and naomi didn't feel safe with some people that were in there i mean Dewdrop, maybe that's the only one that i kind of could think of you know maybe oscar because they haven't been in the ring with her in a while i couldn't think just looking at the women that were involved in that match i don't know who they were trying to reference there whenever they're talking about unsafe you know that was just kind of one thing that stuck out to me because that means that somebody here in the wwe women's roster is perceived amongst the peers as an unsafe worker at least to some people that's never a good thing well i can kind of agree with that because like what happened with becky lynch and that match that she had with oscar you know like that mist or whatever it was you know whenever she like spit it in her face that could probably be something I could see, like, somebody having a problem with. But, 
I don't know. I can't really see like Dewdrop as a problem or who else was in it. Uh, Nikki Ash. May- maybe her. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, Oscar. I know she was another one. Becky Lynch, and then Naomi and Sasha. Okay, yeah. So I mean, may- may- maybe Nikki Ash. That that's the only other person, just because like personality type. You know, mm-hmm. the way she was kind of, like, perceived with the uh, Rhea Ripley yep. tag team. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. Then maybe that was, like, something that they were trying to bring up. But I don't know, man. Just uh, it, it's hard for me to actually, like, follow this as something that couldn't have been great. Because, like, if you think about it, like, if they would have won, because they were both going to get title uh, yeah. opportunities. You know, if mm-hmm. they would have one that that's like unifying everything you know for yeah. even the women so that's even kind of exciting you know like how, how can you just like kind of step away from that like as if i mean i understand disrespecting the women's championships but or tag team championships sorry about that but they, they were about to have opportunities to carry that and those but at yeah the same time, it, you know? exactly and, and i totally understand that perspective however they were already told that they were going to lose to Ronda Rousey. Okay. Sasha Banks was going to lose to Ronda, and then Naomi was going to lose to Bianca at the pay-per-view that they weren't going to be defending their SmackDown Women's Championships. And okay. they kind of just felt disrespected, felt like they were being used as maybe like a tool mm-hmm. to try to put them over, maybe get Ronda Rousey to a bigger opponent. There's been speculation that it's going to be Bailey or somebody like that. That's the thing here, I guess, is that they already knew they were going to lose. They felt disrespected. Sasha Banks has gone on record saying multiple times that she, you know, she feels like she's done eating pizza. She's eating steak now, you know, so it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, because Sasha Banks is a big, like, she's a big ticket, you know, she's a big time draw. She's one of the best women's wrestlers on the roster right now. Yeah, I was going to say how you just how, like, how you kind of just like did that comparison with the pizza to steak. Like, it's hard for me not to believe that Fox doesn't want, you know, like, they're not going to do everything in their power exactly. to get Sasha to come back, you know, this, so the indefinitely thing, indefinitely suspension is kind of a little twist to me just because like I've seen, you know, like the Brock thing, you know? Yeah. No, I, I don't, I don't know. So it's, it's easy. For yeah. So yeah. Somebody like, say they're suspended indefinitely. And next thing you know, they're back yeah, for whatever reason. You, you exactly. Know, yeah. That's a good so point. I mean, just, just, just playing into it, you know, just thoughts and, you know, just kind of putting like, ones and twos together in my mind you know no yeah that makes sense and that's a good point to bring up because that is a side of a coin you know you don't want to leave any stones unturned in this situation when you're talking about why you know people are trying to figure out why is this real what's going to happen i mean they did talk about it and michael cole used words like sasha banks and naomi let us all down and we're all mm. disappointed in them well pat mcafee's kind of just sitting yeah. there didn't say a word i, I like that from I pat i like the eyebrows yeah he know? was kind of just like what well, i mean pat, pat, pat will do that i mean <laughs> i i do appreciate that from him and you could just tell immediately he's on the side of sasha and naomi you know he knows the reason why they did this is from like a creative standpoint you know like yeah. a talent creation like they they want to they want to have a little bit of say so and they don't want to get their tag team title reign just put on the back burner so they can lose, you know, and what's that going to do for them? We both just lost. Okay, well, let's go defend our championships. I understand there's not a women's tag team division, but that's what they're standing up for. You know, they're trying to, you know, make it mean a little bit more. And they to, Maybe to them, they felt like their run did mean more and maybe felt a little bit disrespected by the plans and by the booking or whatever it was. It, it was kind of crazy. It came out of nowhere. You know, I don't watch Raw live, so I was really behind. But I did see that advertisement. I saw the six-pack challenge, mm-hmm. and then... 
people were talking in the Discord server, and that's whenever I kind of started to get plugged into it. I saw people saying, hey, what's going on? What's this? You know, there was a lot of speculation. Is it a work? Is it a shoot? What's going on here? Eventually, we all realized it's pretty damn real. Like, I mean, Matt's already, you know, you know he's going to do a lot of digging. He's gone on several shows and confirmed, like, hey, this is real, guys. And I know Matt isn't the end-all, be-all, but he's looking at the credible sources. You know, he's looking at, like, Sean Ross Sapp, people like that. Dave Meltzer, just, you know, pretty credible wrestling sources who have been around for a really long time. And, man, this is just one of those things that kind of sucks because I was really high on this tag team. I really was. Like, uh, I was really, like, I was buying into the fact that they were believable. You know, like, they could kick some ass, Mm -hmm. you know, against damn near any tag team, especially in the women's division right now. Nobody could match up against them. I liked the feud that they had going on with Natty and Shayna Baszler. And for them to be suspended indefinitely, man, I just think that this is, I mean, my gut feeling right now is telling me, like, this isn't, like, this isn't going to end well. Like, yeah. it's not, who knows? Like you said, Sasha Banks is big. Fox has a little bit to say, so, hey, get us this star back, do what you got to do. But as of right now, man, I could tell you that I'm not too optimistic about this. Well, I mean, like I said, I'm on the other hand, so, I mean, I'm hoping something, like, plays out of all this. So, I mean, definitely interested in seeing what evolves from all this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm glad we kind of talked about that at the top of the show, obviously. That's what people want to hear. We kind of talked about it. We're the first show since it happened, you know, since, you know, the news broke or whatever. So, I mean, the fact that we get to talk about it here, I really wanted to, you know, open the show with that and uh, kind of let it set the tone. But anyways, we can officially dive in here to the rest of SmackDown and, you know, take it from the top like we normally do. This SmackDown aired on May 20th, 2022 from Grand Rapids, Michigan. And the show opens how it usually would, especially on a big-time show like this where the main event features the bloodline. So you know it's going to open with Roman Reigns and company. And they started off, Paul Heyman kind of opens it up by calling it the greatest night in the history of tag team wrestling. And I thought that was pretty interesting that he said that there. And then he repeatedly calls Roman Reigns the go. But I want to put a pin in it there. Who is your favorite tag team of all time? Or who do you think is the greatest tag team of all time? Of all time? Yeah, just all time. Just you know, just and doesn't you know? It doesn't matter if you don't want to name anybody from way back in the day, but just like when you think of tag team wrestling, who's the team that kind of jumps out to you? Dude, I don't know if to me the Dudley Boys. Okay, is a I team like that. that jumps out to me. Like I always like their like gimmick and everything like that. So that's a yeah team on my end. Especially whenever they added Spike Dudley there. But I'm I'm a Hardy boy guy through and through. Love the Hardys <laughs> obviously, but the Dudleys are definitely a team that I mean. Ruthless Aggression Era there on Monday Night Raw. They were a mainstay, and I was seeing them on a weekly basis. So definitely have a little bit of a personal attachment there to the Dudleys as well. Just wanted to ask that really quickly. Just a question I wrote down here. But anyways, we can continue on here. Uh, Paul Heyman starts talking about the opportunity that is in front of the Usos tonight and the chance that they have to be entrenched as the quote-unquote goats of the tag team division. And he says that, Tonight, they will go home with the championships or they won't go home to the island of relevancy again. So basically saying, you win, you can come home with us. If you lose, you're out. So, I mean, that kind of just even up the stakes a little bit more in this match. But anyway, Roman Reigns asked for the mic back from Paul Heyman. And then he kind of explains why he has such high expectations for the Usos and basically says that it's all out of love. I thought this was a really good opening segment. Kind of set the tone for the entire show and let you know that it was going to be a good one. Well, yeah, man, this was definitely, you know, acknowledge the bloodline night, you know, like uh, Roman had said and everything. So this was this was great, you know, especially like everything that's going to come from the to the end of this. So, yeah, I mean, 
that speech that Paul Heyman gave, so energetic, dude. Like, I even got chills, you know, just sitting there watching it. I was like, if these guys aren't pumped up, ready to do their dang thing, man, I don't know what else. One thing was actually pretty funny, though, about this segment that I saw. They, they panned the camera to the crowd, and you just saw a girl who was standing there. You could tell she's with her boyfriend. You know, yeah. She even kind of leaned over at, right as soon as Roman Reigns said, Grand Rapids, acknowledge me. Yeah. You just can't, they pan the camera to her. They had a lot of crowd shots tonight, and we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, I will say it was funny, though. They they per- they turned the camera to this girl, and you just see, you after Roman Reigns said, acknowledge me, all you see is her say, what's that even mean? Like, you know, she was just like kind of getting technical with it. I just thought that was funny. I kind of pictured myself in yeah. that situation, what I would say if somebody asked me that. But it was just a little funny thing for the camera to pick up. But like I said, good yeah. opening segment kind of set the tone for this entire show, and it does keep rolling here. With Sami Zayn versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Anytime these two dudes go at it, you know this is going to be a damn good match. Regardless of the storyline or situation behind it, if you put these two dudes in the ring and you ring the bell, expect some pretty good things to happen. Now remember, these two dudes fought a couple weeks ago. I don't remember if it was two weeks, three weeks, whatever it was, but Sami Zayn won with a countout. That was his original countout win. He tried to do it again last week to Drew McIntyre or something like that. I don't remember exactly what happened or whoever it was that he fought. Memory isn't too great right now, guys. It's damn near midnight where we are. But anyways, they have this match. Obviously, it's going pretty well. Shinsuke Nakamura tries to return the favor for Sami Zayn and get a little bit of a count-out win himself. But Sami Zayn narrowly makes it back into the ring where he's immediately met with the Kinshasa. Got it out good that time. And then immediately pinned, Shinsuke Nakamura gets the win. Anything on this match? Well, the very beginning of this, whenever they were walking out and, like, uh, Shinsuke was coming down the aisle and then uh, Bloodline was walking out. Yeah, walking out. out, yeah. You know, that was kind of just like a funny little interaction, interaction that kind of stuck out to me and everything like that. But I don't know, man. Sammy, he's definitely letting Bloodline down, you know, you know, with handling this uh, Shinsuke, I don't know, opportunity or whatever you would want to call it that he got going in on his own mind and stuff. But like, I don't know, man. I just don't think that these countouts that he's trying to go for is, like, something that's, like, strong for him. Like, he's definitely, like, a good wrestler and everything. So, like, he, I sh- expect, like, more of a, you know, a strong strong matches, I guess you could say, than rather than these uh, little runarounds that he's doing. Yeah, most definitely. And I agree with you. He's kind of letting them down yeah. for whatever reason. I mean, you see him there wearing those Bloodline shirts. Watching. It's funny. Yeah. I'm still interested in it. Like I said, I mean, that this whole little thing that he got going on, yeah, it's kind of – Interesting for me. No, without a doubt. Sami Zayn is the epitome of making lemonade out of lemons. You know, he's the epitome of taking chicken, you know what, and turning it into good stuff. I don't even know that expression. So I shouldn't <laughs> have even started saying it. But anyways, you know what I'm trying to say. Sami Zayn is good at handling, you know, situations that aren't really set up to be successful. But he just does a damn good job. Even whenever he looks like a fool, you know, you can come away from it still liking Sami Zayn a little bit. And I, I'm, that's kind of what put him over with me in the first place. But... Anyways, another thing I liked here on the show, continuing on, Happy Talk. I, I, I like this one. I'm going to get to it. I'll tell oh you why. All right. I mean, he, he, he cut it. Yeah. But. That's it. That's the main thing right here. I mean, he's outside of the ring. He's standing next to the Andre the Giant trophy. And he says that all of us, the people in attendance, everybody's jealous of him, right? He points out that he's wearing a $12,000 hat, $70,000 watch, and then brags about putting Madcap Moss on the shelf. Shows us the video multiple times of him, you know, injuring Madcap. I will say this was just a vicious promo. I mean, he didn't stumble on any words. If you just look at his face, it was a different version of Corbin. If he is taking his game to a next level being a heel, I'm all for it, honestly, because he is a pretty good asset to the company. He can do several things. You need somebody to 
you know, just take some immediate heat, get the hell kicked out of him at the end of the show, Baron Corbin's right there for you. You need to put a baby face over, have Baron Corbin come out, run down the town, talk crap to a baby face, just have this guy come out, kick his ass, all that good stuff. I mean, there's ways to do it. And I just think Baron Corbin is a valuable part of the company. A lot of people don't like him. I get it, obviously. He's kind of annoying. But at the same time, tonight, just like the promo he cut, I just feel like there was he took it to another level. I just felt like his delivery, everything about it, just the look on his face. I just kind of wrote it down there like, all right, I'm going to watch you. You know you got my attention. Let's see what you can do from here. But uh, anyways, really quickly here. Sorry, my phone turned off. But anyways, all right, he destroys the trophy after that promo, and then he holds up that Andre the Giant, like, 24-inch statue thing that they put on top of the trophy. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. That's disrespectful right there, honestly. And I'm not, like, seriously upset about it, but just, like, from a wrestling standpoint, you holding up Andre the Giant, like, I'm just like, you know, Andre's probably saying, like, what the hell do I got to do with this? You know, he's freaking bringing me involved. Yeah. But uh, anyways, I just thought that was kind of like, oh, man, there's some Andre the Giant fans out there that already think that the Andre the Giant, like, Battle Royal itself and what it's become is disrespectful in of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, all right, the fact that you're doing this, this – uh Andre the Giant Battle Royal that used to be on WrestleMania. Now you you know backed it down to SmackDown. It's all the nobodies pretty much. You don't have anything going on. People think that in of itself is a little bit disrespectful to Andre the Giant. So needless to say, Baron Corbin just ripping that thing off and holding it up. I mean, you can talk about building some heat. That just kind of added to the promo that I thought was pretty good. Yeah, I mean he definitely did that, man. I'm that especially like that. I don't know where he huffed and he puffed, you know, and he called himself that bald lone wolf. And oh, stuff my God. Like that. I was like, Ugh. dude, that, that was freaking awesome right there. I mean, especially like his facial expression and everything like that. Like the hat kind of went with it. But, I mean, all I can say is forget Corbin, man. Yeah. I don't like what he's doing right now. But he's doing <laughs> his thing. I can say that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's one thing, you know, you got to kind of you kind of got to roll with it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of like, dude, I'm not going to lie. For a while there. You could not pay me to like Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. Like for the like 2016 when they first came up to the main roster, I didn't watch NXT. I just saw these dudes. I'm like, oh, they don't look like professional wrestlers. Who the hell are these dudes? I don't watch the indie scene. I, I had no idea who Kevin Steen and El Generico are. That was their name back in like ROH or whatever. But anyways, was not familiar with these guys. So it took a little bit for them to get over for, uh, like with me. And inevitably, it was their ring work and their characters that eventually did it for me. So who knows? Something like that could happen for you and Baron Corbin eventually down the line. But anyways, let's move on to another match here. We get Drew Gulak versus Gunther. And I will say, I I almost tried to do the ring general thing like uh, Ludwig Kaiser. I almost did it. I feel like (laughs) I I was kind of watching it during the show. I was kind of like, you know, set it in my head a little bit, maybe mumbled it a little bit to myself, you know, practiced a little bit. Not ready to, you know, put it on the show yet. I'm going to polish it a little bit. Not quite ready to rock, but hey, who knows? Maybe next week or something like that, I will have an impression going on there. But we'll see whenever we get there. But anyways, this match, obviously very one-sided. Gunther uh, puts Gulak in the Boston Crab after he wins this match. And then Ricochet obviously comes out, saves the day. We get a little bit of face-off. You could expect Ricochet to kind of be intertwined in this storyline going forward. Not a whole lot of stuff to take away from this as far as like the actual, um, you know, match itself i mean it was just basically a squash match gunther was letting him hit him you know he was basically saying hey chop me you know like give me a few shots here and letting him do it the more i see gunther the more like i'm impressed with how like in shape he is i still need to show you a video of him just like a year ago i keep saying i'm doing it remind me after the show i will freaking do that but anyways 
I do have a question for you, though, really quickly here. And this is kind of a little bit of tie-in from my personal show, Football Function. So if you don't listen to that show, definitely do that. Obviously, I would appreciate the hell out of you if you did. But anyways, we do a thing over there called This or That. Mm-hmm. And I have a This or That for you, John. Okay. okay. Would you rather take, literally, as hard as he possibly can, a chop from Gunther to the chest or take your shirt off and let Bianca Belair like wind her hair up and whip you real good right there on the side. Which one? <clears throat> Those are both painful. You saw Becky Lynch and her right scars there or bruises, the chest, yeah. whatever, whatever you want to call those things. They were gashes. I'd rather take the chop. I'll take the chop too, although with that can, shirt. you know, a good chance. I was going to say, with the shirt off. Oh, no, he's ripping that shirt off. Oh That's the gosh. thing. You you at least you at least get to lift your shirt up, maybe take it off yourself if Bianca <laughs> Belair is doing it. If Gunther's doing it, that's one. That's part of the thing. He gets to rip it off. So you know. That's, oh my God. Okay. Yeah, I'm still taking that. Uh, yeah, I understand. You know me too, definitely. So, uh, just kind of wanted to ask you that really quickly. If you're a listener, obviously, let us know whether it's in the mailbag or the Discord chat. Let us know which one you would rather do: take a chop from Gunther or let Bianca Belair give you a nice hair whip. That's a good I'm one, intrigued man. to hear which one you would do. But anyways, yeah, that's how that one went. Gunther just running through enhancement talent now, lower bottom tier wrestlers on the roster eventually he's going to work his way up you know now obviously looks like ricochet might be involved but hey better be careful ricochet because he will take that intercontinental championship from you very fast and you will never see it again but anyways let's go ahead and move on to something else that happened here in the show and this one's a little bit interesting all right caught my eye john's new favorite smackdown superstar possibly who knows if he's on the roster max dupree dupree is officially (laughs) Making appearances here on SmackDown. He approaches oh, Adam Pierce. Uh, Adam Pierce apparently is not for it, not a fan of uh, Max Dupree. And he basically says, Hey, look, Sonya Deville hired you. She's no longer in uh, whatever, an official or a yeah, WWE official position. So I need to hit up my legal team or something like that. I don't know exactly what he said, but basically, I want to call him LA Knight because that's what his name used to be. But Max Dupree says, No, me and my team have a what is it a contract. a contract here you know so i don't know this is gonna get sticky but like i said as far as promo work goes this dude's good like very very good i'm sure he's a hell of a wrestler too but i haven't gotten a chance to watch him like that but anytime i see this dude pick up a microphone very very impressive well i can say yeah i mean whenever just first interaction because i don't know him as the la night as you said but you know just watching him for this first time yeah he definitely was like you know, direct with what he was wanting to do and everything like that, cutting off Adam Pierce, and I thought it was just good, you know, but I don't know, just the name was the thing that got me, just the Dupree, you know, yeah. the, it, it was just funny. So I mean, And Adam yeah. Pierce still hasn't gotten it right, you know, <laughs> he's like, oh, man, you're so close, you know, he's going to piss him off, get his yeah. damn name right, all right. Well, yeah, that, that was pretty good. Well, let's go ahead and move on to another match here, a women's match, Shotzi Blackheart. Versus Raquel Rodriguez. I've been working on it, all right? But anyway, one thing I I did take away from this, obviously, just in terms of, like, the in-ring stuff, because Raquel's pretty damn good. You know, these two women, they probably had matches before in the past. I bet they have house show matches all the time. So you could tell they had worked together. But the corkscrew splash that Raquel did whenever she, like, you know, bounced off the top rope, did that spin, landed on her, that was beautiful. She executed that perfectly with how big she is. It actually looked like, damn, that move would really hurt me, you know? So I love the way that looked. They showed the women's locker room backstage watching this match to kind of put them over and say, hey, we're interested in both these young, talented wrestlers. But Raquel wins with a chingona bomb, 
but they bleeped it out. Did you catch ask, that? Yeah, Both gonna, times. Well, Why? I think it was more than twice, yeah, because I was like actually like listening to I heard to Michael it. Cole and Pat McAfee. Yeah. The Pat McAfee sure. one was blatant because you didn't hear Michael Cole's. And then it said, Michael Cole, her move is called the... Yep. And then it just went blank. I was like, oh my gosh, like, are they not telling us this? I barely learned how to say this word. Now they're going to freaking take it away from us? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it wasn't something that I was fond of, I guess you could say. But let's see how it goes. You know, it could have just mm-hmm. been a, a glitch, you know, maybe just a coincidence that it, you know, crapped out, the audio crapped out in the exact same time that they said her move uh, both times. You know, who knows? Yeah, I did catch that though. But I mean, it was good to see like Shotzi, you know, coming back and everything. I mean, just because like her. I don't know, her personality and everything is kind of, you know, that dark side. I don't know. Another ding-dong right there. But yeah. anyways, I don't know. I mean, just seeing that match between them, I mean, Raquel, she's freaking strong, dude. You know, she needs to be, like, having matches with Shayna Baszler, the EST, maybe even go against Ronda again. I mean, that was pretty interesting, too. But I don't know, man. I just think she's above, you know – all these people that they got going against right now the way this women's roster is starting to shape up though when you look at the young talent i mean think about it raquel gonzalez is not a small lady neither is bianca belair neither is rhea ripley these are all young talent that they have on the roster and just it looks like they're kind of getting away from that you know alexa bliss type build in terms of like the the women's wrestlers that they're pushing Mm -hmm. because i'm not gonna lie whenever bliss was just winning championship after championship i was like okay i get it she's talented but at some point, I'm like, she's like five feet, you know, and that's yeah. nothing against short people or anything like that. I'm just simply saying, like, from a believability standpoint, like, there was way more talented wrestlers on the roster. Not less, I don't know, I'm not trying to make it like seem like I'm taking a shot at Alexa Bliss because obviously she's good in the ring. She's going to eventually win another championship. But she was dominating in a like almost like a, a, in a way that Charlotte Flair's been dominating. You know, mm-hmm. she was holding one of those championships from a, for a very long time and she was a good heel champion, not taking anything away from her, but just like, you know, kind of like Zelina Vega. People say all the time, like, hey, she's talented. She, There's a chance that she could eventually be, like, a women's champion. I just don't see it. Like, I just don't see how she could be a believable champion, like, because I don't see her as the type that's going to get clean win after clean win after clean win on actually top-tier opponents that are in that women's division. And that's just kind of, like, one thing I've noticed. Like, Charlotte Flair being the prototype. You know, she's the poster woman of the women's, or the, yeah, the women's division here in WWE. And that's kind of like what they're trying to build now. You know, they're trying to clone more Charlotte Flairs. Look at Rhea Ripley. Now Bianca Belair, obviously not, not small at all. And then Raquel Gonzalez. I just like to see this, honestly. You know, I like to see there being some some women in the company that look like maybe they can kick some of the dude's ass. Yeah, I mean, ex- well, I wouldn't say all that, but. Ask Drew Gulak, bud. <laughs> he definitely did get his tail beat by two different women. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I mean. Yeah, like you said, Raquel, she's definitely a different breed, you know. So, I mean, seeing that kind of direction that you're trying to go with, I'm cool with that, you know, just because, you know, there are some freaking beasts of women. Some powerhouses, there, you know? yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm even leaving out Rhea, 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 Rhea Ripley. Dang, that kind of me right there, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know, just like her going to the dark side and everything like that, like, I don't know, just, I don't know. Yeah, definitely need to match them up together. But... I don't know, man. It's going to be exciting. No That's doubt. For sure. No doubt. Well, let's go ahead and move on here, right? We get a backstage interview with Caleb Braxton. She interviews Xavier Woods. He cuts a nice little promo here, basically, you know, calling out 
Butch for like not going one on one with him, right? How he always has help, he always has backup. He says that's something that somebody would do if they were Butch made. We all know what the little play on words he was trying to say. That I like that type of stuff. But anyways, he does call him out and says, "Give me this one on one match," and that is what we get: Butch versus Xavier Woods. Another backwoods win, though. It's kind of like wash, rinse, repeat. We're getting the same thing. It seems like. Every single week, and I know they're going at it for like five or six minutes. Yeah, they're trying to showcase that P. Dunn, a.k.a. Butch, is a hell of a wrestler. And he can match up with someone like Xavier Woods. He's no slouch in his own right. Xavier Woods could put on a hell of a match. And these two, you know, together, I mean, it's not in the same tier as Shinsuke versus Sami Zayn. But, like, in terms of, like, a mid-card status, if you want to call it that, they can go. And I like seeing these dudes. But at the same time, I'm saying, like, man, like, I kind of said it on the last week's show. Like, I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of this. You know, it's been going on since Big E was still here in terms of these two teams going at it. Like, put that in, into perspective. They've been doing this for a while. And I'm all for long-term storylines that aren't, you know, centered around a championship because that's kind of nice. You know, this has been something that we know, you know, we've gotten. But at the same time, like, dude, like, storyline shouldn't continue through like wrestlemania you mm. know like wrestlemania season we should start fresh we should get a little bit of a new start and hopefully now that you know wrestlemania backlash is behind us we're starting to transition into like the summer season of these pay-per-views i am all for it but i don't know it was just one of those things uh, like watching them wrestle and seeing them in with a roll-up i was like man how many times are we gonna have to cover this exact finish on the show you know yeah i mean i do get the uh you know repetitiveness and everything like that but i mean I, it, it just felt like they had got lost, you know, for a while just because, like, the accident that had happened with Biggie, you know, shout out to him and everything like that. But, I mean, it seemed like it was going to be going great, you know. But now, I mean, I don't know if you had caught that where they said or Xavier Woods had said that there was going to be, like, a third person that comes in to help yes, him next dude, week. Yeah, it, it's right here, uh, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, no, my bad if no, I no, cut no, no, you worries, no worries. Like that. But, you know, just uh, working my way into it. I mean, it's exciting to see, you know, now they got something or someone to, like, kind of uh, help with that third row that was supposed to be filled already, you know. So, I mean, we, we saw that there was something that was going to be, you know, but, of course, here we are. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up because that is right here. I put Seamus and Ridge sneak up on Woods as he's walking up the ramp, and then Butch kind of comes up and cheap shots him from behind. And then Xavier Woods is approached by Megan backstage. I still don't know her last name, but she is one of the only Megan, so I do apologize, whatever. I'm a stooge, sorry. But anyway, Megan approaches her, and he says, I'm sorry, I'm going to cut you off right there. I'm tired of this BS. They've been doing this. Uh, you know, Ridge has been around. Sheamus has been around since he put Big E on the shelf. We're going to have. We're gonna even the odds next mm-hmm. week. Kofi Kingston's going to be back, and I'm going to have a mystery opponent. Somebody is going to be on our team to go at it with these guys. Who do you think it's going to be? I don't know. I was sitting on the couch, like trying to think, like who would gel with these guys, like so, you know, well. But I couldn't come up with a a name for some reason. So I was kind of just like sitting here, like just blank, like okay, this is gonna be kind of interesting whenever the person is revealed. You know, probably gonna be Drew McIntyre or something. I hope it's not nothing big like that. I mean, I I want it to be still a like pretty balanced match. I mean, I know Sheamus pretty big name on the other side, but. I mean, I still want to see, like, because I think if we were to line it up, I think Kofi can handle Ridge. Uh, Xavier Woods can handle Sheamus. But who's going to be in there to handle the little aggressive guy? They're going to bring Rey Mysterio up, huh? Okay, well, I'm just I don't kidding. know. <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm kind of thinking. <laughs> no, you know? I'm just joking. 
But no, it, it is kind of cool, honestly. And anytime I'm put in these situations where, like, they say, oh, we got a mystery opponent, I always feel like it should be used to, like, if not call somebody up from NXT, you mm-hmm. know, kind of bring us a new talent up to the SmackDown roster. I'm always for that, bringing somebody over from Raw. That'd be pretty cool as well. Have somebody come back from an injury. I'm not really sure if there's any male wrestlers that are out right now, but. Rick. Who? Rick. Oh, no, he's out for a while. No. He'll be out for a little while longer. That was but... high hopes right there. Yeah, definitely had some high hopes there. But either way, I'm looking forward to whoever it ends up being. That'll be pretty badass. But anyways, we can go ahead and move on. Obviously, we already talked about Michael Cole addressing the Sasha Banks and Naomi stuff. That's what happened next, which was kind of weird that they waited till right before the unification match to do this. It was very specifically put in before, oh, let's put it right in before this main event style pay-per-view match. You know, that like, because that's one thing I was going to say. This felt like a pay-per-view main event. Like, I was like, man, I've been waiting for this. You know, sat down, even, you know, Ace and Caleb were right there with me. They were ready to watch this thing as well. And it was just pretty hyped up. You know, we're looking Mm -hmm. forward to it. And obviously, you know, they go back and forth. It it's, lives up to being like a pay-per-view match. These two teams work well together, but it's not that long, honestly. Like, I expected this match to be a lot longer, the actual unification match. There was some stuff that happened after or afterwards, but, I mean, the way this match ended was Paul Heyman distracts the ref while Jimmy Uso or Jay, sorry, Jay Uso and Matt Riddle are kind of on the top rope, and they're kind of, you know, tangled up. We don't really know who's going to end up falling down, but Roman Reigns comes out of nowhere when the referee is distracted. And he essentially just, like, pushes Riddle off, gives Jay the advantage, who hits an Uso splash, pins Matt Riddle 1-2-3, and RK-Bro is no longer the Raw Tag Team Champions. And now the Usos are now the unified, undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Whatever you want to call it, I'm sure we'll hear it eventually said. I don't know when, but, man, this was like a... We knew it was going to happen. We weren't sure if it was going to happen tonight. You know, we weren't sure if they were going to... Try to prolong this a little bit. Have Roman Reigns interfere. Not a clean finish. Hell in a Cell is right around the corner. Let's have the unification match inside the cell where nobody can get involved. You know, I feel like the kind of the, the it was almost booking itself. But they didn't do that. They decided to go right through it. <clears throat> Excuse me. And now we have the Usos as the double champs like they are i mean they have all the gold they're the tag team to beat right now and i feel like from a tag team division standpoint this was the right decision you know making there only be one set of belts that they go after clearly i think that's the right thing to do but from a brand split standpoint i know this is already tired no one even gives a crap about the brand split anymore because it's over but them unifying the tag team championships is pretty much just like the official all right like there's nothing like that was the one well, I guess like the women's belts right there's still a raw women's belt a smackdown women's belt but don't tell Ronda Rousey that it's just a smackdown championship <laughs> belt or whatever the hell she calls it but anyways after this match is over obviously Roman Reigns gets gets a little bit of revenge how it ended last week the title of the show was Riddle drops Reigns because they hit him with that knee to the face Roman Reigns did not forget he goes in there they beat the hell mm-hmm. out of Matt Riddle and uh Matt Riddle ends up actually going through a table Whenever Jay Uso hits an Uso splash, this is beautiful. He damn near missed, but man, the the contact was there. We get that shot in the ring of them all holding, you know, Roman Reigns holding up his two belts. The Usos doing it as well. Pretty good visual. Obviously, the bloodline yeah. is officially like now. We don't know. Like, all right, I was expecting the Usos to lose their belts at like WrestleMania. You know, I was expecting them to drop them. You know, for a while there, I was like, okay, something's happened. I had a hunch. Yeah. But, you know, whenever you catch your second win, you know, like when you're really, really tired, you think it's almost over, you think, damn, I need to stop or whatever, and you get that second win, next thing you know, you got some more minutes in you. You got a while in you to, you know, do whatever it is you got to do. 
the Usos hit their second win. Mm-hmm. They got their new belts. Now they are the unified, undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. However you want to say it, I cannot wait for them to tell me officially what it's called. I'm tired of this guessing BS. But, I mean, obviously you're a fan of the Bloodline. You're a fan of the Usos specifically. I'm sure this was a pretty nice finish for you. Oh, yeah. This was, I mean, I saw it, you know, from the beginning. You know, you had your doubts. I had my sticking to it, I guess you could say. And, you know, it paid off. But, I mean, the match... Overall, it was freaking great, man. I mean, especially, like, everything that happened. Riddle, he definitely took a freaking beating from beginning to end, though. I felt bad for him for, like, I guess you say the whole day match, you know, just because, like, whenever Randy gets in, it's kind of like a like a routine thing. You know, you see the same types, you know. He hits all of his moves, like, bam, 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 you know. Yep. I'm kind of just like, come on, man. I'm seeing this every week. Maybe, you know, get distracted one time, you know, turn around. Throw your hands up to the crowd or something, but I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I just felt like Riddle. He just got the bad end of the stick on all this. But that splash, definitely crazy. I thought, I thought you know, just the way Jay Uso was holding his arm, he was probably like hurt or something like that. But I don't know. I I thought like the trajectory. What what would you want to call it? Like the angle of it was just like bad. Like. Especially being so far away, you know, like why do you pick that one rather than the one that's closer, you know? <laughs> had to get that money shot, man. I had to get the, the long jump, you know. And the thing that was crazy, you know, like you're over there or like Pat McAfee's over there standing up with like holding the one up the whole time, you know. That that was freaking funny to me too. So I don't know, just like little stuff I guess you could say. And then it was so bad, dude. I don't know if you caught it, but that little kid that was freaking crying. Dude, yes, exactly. That's that's what I mentioned earlier when we talked about the videos. I was about the, to say, I'm not trying to laugh or anything like that, but for I'll it laugh. to like actually like hit a kid like that, they did their freaking thing on that. I saw like several that, right? kids crying in the crowd. <laughs> well, I saw just one specifically, and it was, ball- well, I wouldn't say balling, but you could definitely you know, tell. I was like, wow, bro, they did that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh... Would not want to be in the car with that kid riding home right now, you know, from the show. I'm sure there were definitely some tears, you know. He probably ended up got he probably got grounded, you know. That's just being <laughs> honest. No, he probably did because in the car he was probably oh, throwing man. some toot. His mom said, "All right, Bradley, you know, it's time to settle down. It's just a show, you know." And then he's like, yeah. you know, maybe he said a curse word here or there. You know, it's a quick way to you know. So, all right, your PS5 out of your room, bud. Great. Something like that, you know. I could definitely see the mom getting on him. But anyways, you know. Hopefully the kid will be able to be happy again. Obviously, probably just an RK bro fan, you know. Mm-hmm. Probably just you know somebody. I mean, Aish was sad, you know. In here, Kayla wasn't a fan of it either. He was just like, man, that's kind of lame, you know. He he wanted RK bro to keep their belt, mm-hmm. as well as Aish. You know, I'm pretty high on RK bro, but at the same time, I'm wondering what's next for him now that yeah. this is over. You know, I mean, their championship reign, anyways. Are they going to keep rolling this? Are they going to keep riding this money train? Or do you think that eventually? Because I mean, I've heard rumors. I showed you that little thing earlier today where Randy Orton is rumored to be Roman Reigns' next opponent, or at least maybe for SummerSlam or something like that. I think mm-hmm. it was. Yeah, SummerSlam, that's what it was. So eventually, if he's going to be challenging for Roman Reigns, you'd expect that if they don't have the championships, what's the point of them, you know, just staying tag team? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, I, eventually I feel like Randy Orton, Riddle, people expect there to be a turn. People expect one of them to turn on the other one, but who knows? It could just be, a you know, a mutual respect split. Well, I'm kind of hoping more of the Riddle going after... Roman Reigns, you know, just the, the like the knee and everything that's like happening between them right now is kind of just, I don't know, that's a good little feed right there to me, you know, so I'm okay with them kind of like just rolling with that rather than Randy Orton. Yeah. 
Man, I mean, there's there's several different avenues they can go with this, but man, it's it's juicy. Like I said, this was just a great episode of SmackDown, in my opinion. Oh yeah, man, this was from beginning to end. I was in tune with it. I mean, I kind of missed like the Xavier was like I was telling you off uh, air, but yeah, man, this definitely had me uh, tuned in. I was all for it. As am I. As am I. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the show. Obviously, if you've gotten to this point in the show. I definitely appreciate it, obviously. And if you, well, I mean, talking to the people who don't listen to the show, they're not going to hear this. But just so you guys know, for the people who don't listen to the show, I'm hoping that they step on Lego. So if you are listening to the show, you better come back next week. Otherwise, you will be on that list of people who we hope that Legos find their way into your barefoot path. So anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Obviously, if this is your first time listening, you were uh, you picked the right show. Obviously, SmackDown, the unification match. Definitely hope that you enjoyed the review. If you're a regular listener, you know what this show is about. You know we come at you every single week covering SmackDown post-show. Pretty fun. It's getting more and more fun the more we do this, honestly. But thank you guys so much for making this part of your weekly routine, and hopefully you will continue to do that. But, John, any shout-outs, any plugs, anything like that before we officially sign off here? Well, before we do sign off, I kind of just wanted to you know, throw this out there. I don't know if everybody else had seen this, but Ric Flair. Maybe making a, uh, yeah. what would you call it? I don't call it a comeback. Seriously, <laughs> I wouldn't say a yeah. comeback. But, I mean, he just, you know, I mean, seeing that little notification that he was bringing or coming back to the ring and stuff like that, I was kind of like, I wonder what he got's going on, you know? Like, well, what could possibly don't be do happening it, Rick. about that? Don't do it, Rick. Hey, man, those uh, videos of him falling over and everything like that is just funny. But. I do want to give a shout out, you know, uh, all the Patreons and everything like that. And if you're not on Patreon, you know, this is something that you definitely want to tune in to get rid of all these ads and everything like that. And, you know, definitely get to see like a lot of the insight of what Matt, he brings to the table, you know, some uh, After Dark, some WTF. And I don't know, some juicy stuff, that you know, that we got going on over there. But also, check out the WWEpodcast.com, you know, check us out, see, interact with everybody like that. And also, want to give you a shout out, my man, Football Function. Oh, yeah. You know, y'all doing y'all's thing. And, you know, you said that y'all had a juicy soda, you know, you and uh, Uncle Mike. Cousin Mike. Cousin, cousin Mike. Uncle cousin Mike. Mike. Gosh, dang. Uncle Mike. <laughs> uh, cousin <laughs> but, Mike. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely something that I'm going to tune into. But, yeah, if you're into that football stuff, you know, that right now, you know, going over, like, breaking down coverages and everything yeah, like fun, that. Man. So it's it's some insight and everything. But, yeah, that's how I want to cut the show. Oh, yeah, I appreciate it, bud. Definitely appreciate those shout-outs, obviously. But one more time to the listener, obviously. You guys kick ass. We appreciate you guys coming back. And like he said, subscribe to Patreon. There's a lot more than just the ad-free stuff. Like, there's so many benefits. It's damn near, like... Like, Matt could say, all right, it's going up to $2 a month now. You know, just from all that. And he's not going to do that, obviously. But we're just saying, that's how much bang you get for your buck. It's a lot of good stuff there. So definitely check it out if you haven't already. But with all that being said, hope you guys all have a damn good weekend. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams. Go Celtics. Talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you next time